Hello and welcome on into the Sports Pop Culture Cast. We have a trio of sports journalists, uh, sports producers, but first and foremost, sports consumers here to talk about what else? Sports pop culture out in San Francisco. We have Sarah Cazell, WCC correspondent for the W.TV. Sarah, how are you? I am doing fabulous. How are you? I'm wonderful. And to my right in our Scottsdale, Arizona studio, we have Robbie Baker, 12 Sports. Many know him as one of the faces of Friday Night Fever, but I know him as Roberto Panadero. Robbie, how are you? Rough translation. Roberto Panadero. I actually don't know what it's trying. I think it's Baker. I think it's actually my I, last that, name. That is, that is, is what it is. is. So that's, that is Baker. Wow. I, I confirmed with Google. confirmed. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. It really is. Well, glad to be here. And I'm Jordan Ham, Sports 360 AZ. And you may be wondering, what is the sports pop culture cast? Well, it kind of explains itself in the title. If it's sports and it's pop culture, we want to talk about it like we said we are. Uh, constantly producing content regarding sports, uh, but first and foremost, we are consuming it, whether it be movies, TV, documentaries, uh, articles through social media, and we want to talk about some of our favorite things, uh, maybe do some uh, reviews, things like that. We're going to do some current events, uh, but with a slight twist. Robbie and I went to school together many, many years ago, and since then, Robbie has gone to San Diego, back to Arizona. Uh, remained good buddies, but have always been looking for opportunities to work together as we run into each other on sidelines. I think the same goes for Sarah and the two of us. Uh, slightly shorter time period, but uh, definitely something that, that we just want to try out and have fun with. So what we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be start things off here with some current events. There's always things going on in sports. The There is the 24-hour news cycle, really. It seems like it's the 24-minute news cycle. So what we're going to do here is we are going to pick an event, I believe from, we'll say the past three or four weeks, uh, the pop culture twist that we're going to do. We're going to pick a storyline, going to pick an event, and we are going to create a piece of pop culture out of that, whether that's a movie, TV show, that sort of thing. So I think once we get into it, you'll get a better idea. Robbie, why don't you start us off with your current event turned pop culture event. All right, so there's no pressure on our maiden no. podcast voyage of starting the in the news segment. But you know what? I like pressure. I'm going to handle this well. Uh, Sarah, I promise I won't mess it up because I set the bar really high. Even though I'm only okay. five foot six, I just hope I can reach the bar that I set. Hey. Uh, so, hey, well, I started off the short jokes. So now anybody else who makes them. <laughs> fair game. <laughs> they're fair game. All right, so I decided, uh, and this really fell into our lap this week, the whole Boogie Cousins the Boogie Cousins trade, the not trade, the goodness day, he's going to sign an extension, then he was traded. Uh, the whole thing, it's a made-for-TV drama, so it really fit into what we were talking about doing here. Uh, and so I decided, first of all, if this isn't a 30 for 30 in the next cycle of 30 for 30s, somebody's done something wrong. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I think this is all, it's almost like a lifetime drama. I mean, this, it really is. And so I'm thinking it's like a four-part kind of a mini-series. Is what I'm thinking here. And so, how do we want to do this, Jordan? We want to go through kind of what our my cast choices are, or yeah, you know, I think give, go ahead and give the storyline uh, angle, uh, which I think you you have already accomplished. And then, yeah, who's who's your cast? Uh, who, who's the cast of characters? Who might be leading this voyage? Uh, that sort of thing. You you need to pitch it to us, and you need to pitch it 
to the audience. All right. Well, in case anybody is unaware of the Boogie Cousins situation, if you will, so Boogie Cousins, center for the was with the Sacramento Kings. He, you know, came out that he was going to sign an extension this summer. They could give him, you know, over two hundred million dollars, and he wanted to have a legacy there. All this stuff. The Kings come out. They say that uh, they're not going to trade him. They're going to, you know, invest in him. Blah blah blah. We get a week later to the All Star game. All these rumors start flying again that they're shopping him. They're going to trade him, and then they end up trading him to New Orleans. Essentially, a week after they said he's unavailable, we're going to keep him forever. He we want his name in the rafters and everything. Uh, so, like I said, four part mini series is how I'm kind of seeing this unfold. So, part one, we'll have to start at the beginning. It's the arrival. Boogie's early years, he gets drafted out of Kentucky, uh, you know, there's some turmoil at the beginning because Boogie's a bit of a different guy, you know, he has some clashes with the media and whatnot. Uh, side note, I went back and looked up 2010 draft, he was the fifth uh, overall pick, just because I'm a masochist and I looked up what the Suns did in that draft, uh, they took a guy named Ghani Lowell and Dwayne Collins that year, so that really, that panned out really well. For the Suns. Clearly. So that. Staples of the Suns organization. Really, yeah, they did a really good job back in 2010. So, part one's the arrival. Boogie gets drafted. Uh, as far as casting goes, I thought Boogie Cousins and Cooper Cooney Jr. Why not? Okay. You know, we're gonna go. He was go. OJ. He was, but what does my first note say? Did you see him play OJ? <laughs> for some reason, I put an ellipsis after that. Cause I, I yeah. just. Dot, dot, dot. dot, dot. dot. <laughs> did you see he him play OJ? He was undersized as OJ Simpson, he, so why look not? Look at my second thing. He'll put up some <laughs> My, my two notes say, Cooper Gooding Jr., did you see him play OJ? He could put on some weight to play Boogie. Yeah. Both concerns have been uh, 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 addressed here. We've I trust he him. could we... explore the depth that is Boogie Cousins. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And he's been a OJ Simpson. He was Rod Tidwell. You know he can get into game shape. That's what I'm saying. So, And he we, he's done football. He's done disgraced football. <laughs> he's done courthouse football. He's done courthouse football. Uh, he, why not do basketball now? So I'm thinking, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. is boogie. And then part two, uh, we, the, uh, part two episode will be called Technically Difficult. Oh, Technically oh, Difficult. Okay. Because now we have to get into the technical fouls. This is when the relationship with the Kings, uh, really starts to sour. The main addition to the cast in this episode would be you have to have somebody with some gravitas to play an NBA referee. I don't know why this came to me, but I thought Michael Fassbender. Okay. Because you're not taking any business from Michael Fassbender. No. Michael Fassbender going to tee up. I mean, he tee. was Steve Jobs. Exactly. And no one took anything from Steve Jobs. He made, is it Seth Rogen, right? He made him so angry. And then Seth Rogen made like an iPad that looked weird. Or no, when I was, what was it, a watch? We're digressing I... into the Steve Jobs movie now. <laughs> but <laughs> Michael, I'm thinking Michael Fassbender as the, as the ref in this episode. You get some good... Cooper Gooding Jr., Fassbender, Referee Boogie Cousins uh, interactions there. And then part three is where we really, I mean, the, part three is where you're going to win Golden Globes. You're going you're gonna to get accolades in this. It's a new home. Star Wars play on words there. This is the trade. This is when the trade goes down. He's at the All-Star game, and he gets traded to the Pelicans, who was in New Orleans where he was for the All-Star game. So this is where we break out the big guns as far as casting-wise. So Vladi Divac, the GM of the Kings, you know, he's going to have to be a big part of this episode. Right. I went Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> okay. But follow me here. Because I don't think Vladdy has any idea what he's doing. Name a Sasha Baron Cohen character, any character he's played that has any idea what he's doing. He's perfect at playing kind of the fool. He is. He plays oblivious well. 
And I think and, that and it seems like this trade almost was like a publicity stunt, like yes. what he did in Borat, where he would go to a football game and no one really knew who he this was. This trade was good. Now <laughs> he, he's perfect for this. Uh, he's the king of the castle. He, he's <laughs> something along a king pun. Uh, and then uh, I also want to, if you know, we're keeping it a little local, if we can, for Phoenix. There was rumors that the Suns were interested in Boogie, and I feel like this is an interesting dynamic because you can't just have. The Kings making this awful trade. You have to, you know, give the, you know, based on true events. Well, you know, we can, you know, build it up a little bit with some competition. So Ryan McDonough, I have him being played uh, by Jason Sudeikis, and I based this off of. Did you guys ever see that sketch? It was a few years ago. He did for NBC where he was Tottenham's uh, football yes. manager, yes. and he just yeah. totally screwed it up, and it was hilarious. And so I think uh, he could do Ryan McDonough well. I, I think he could lose the accent, and yeah, I, I could see it. But keep the short shorts. Yes, I'm fine right. with the, both of those I mean, suggestions. I'm okay. Sure. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, the Pelicans GM, I'm going to be honest, I don't know who it is. But I want them to be played by Kevin Costner because he's just on a roll right now. He is. He's, he's everywhere. And he has ties to Louisiana. And I, I know, I know he? He, he was looking a lot into um, when the, what was it, the, the oil thing happened where it was in the water. He was... A big part of purifying it and things ah, like that. So, well, hey, okay, he's got, well, he's got time. My ideas are so great. I didn't even know they were great. Uh, <laughs> and then, so, and then the kicker in this episode is, and I'm going to have to explain this name to you. Anthony Davis has got to be in this episode, obviously, right? And then I want Anthony Davis played by Jeffrey Wright. Now, I had to do some research on this because I was trying to find the right character here, and I made this connection because Jeffrey Wright, if you don't know, if you saw Westworld, that's Bernard. Oh yeah, okay, Bernard, and then he's a uh, BD in the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I made this connection because anytime I've seen stuff that Jeffrey Wright is in, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He, he steals the scene when he's in it, but he's very underrated. Right. And I feel he's, like I said Jeffrey Wright. I don't, I'm, assu- we can't see Sarah. I assume she looked perplexed as Jordan looked perplexed when I said his name. Anthony yeah, I Davis. I him already. Don't worry. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, he doesn't have nearly enough eyebrow. I'm sure hair and makeup can take care yeah, of Yeah. No, we can. It's very hard to it's find a unibrow actor. It's CGI very difficult. It. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll put a little, a little green strip. In between, <laughs> yeah, that's how they do it, right? Yeah, uh, and so since he's such an underrated actor, I feel like uh, Anthony Davis, one of the most underrated players in the league, mm-hmm. this and is how you make underspoken, very quiet yeah. guy. Yeah, so that's how I made that connection. Then the final part now, uh, part four would be Boogie in the Brow. It could devolve into like a buddy cop episode. I don't know because the name just fits it, or a but reality show on E. It or that, but then the Kardashians would have to get involved, and I don't like that. You don't need that. No one needs that. Ryan Seacrest can produce we'll probably, it out. or Chloe Kardashian. I'll probably try to date one of them at this point. So maybe that could be part four. Who knows? But uh, and then the last thing uh, that would need to be cast is I don't know if you guys saw this, but the craziest thing about this to me was when the trade happened. He was. They were at the, at the All-Star game. The game was going on. And then at the end, he met with the media. And the story that is going around is that he was actually in front of the media when he found out he wasn't a king anymore. Right. And so there was actually an NBA personnel person that kind of took him aside and whispered in his ear, hey, just so you know, you're going to be asked questions about being traded because you just got traded. And that's how he apparently found out. And I want that NBA personnel person uh, to be Keanu Reeves. And I, I honestly don't know why I want this, but I feel like it just adds some uh, a little extra oomph to the proceedings, you need you yeah. need to add something yeah. you know big on, in the fourth episode. Uh, if and, I wanted uh, big life news, I'd want it from Keanu Reeves. And that's what I was thinking. I want John Wick to. I don't know anything about that movie, but I just feel like I would want him telling me I was you, traded. You want to be on the good side of John Wick. Exactly. All I know that. That's, all I know is that. <laughs> all I know. Or is else you get shot not, four times. You're gonna get beat up. 
in like a very weird way. So that's that's my pitch. I feel like a four-part miniseries led by a beefed-up Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, and uh, we got you know Michael Fassbender in there. I I like you guys seen Label Iffy on the Sasha Baron Cohen thing, but I feel like that was uh, strong. And then uh, Kevin Costner, Jeffrey Wright, Counter Reese, they bring it home. They you bring know, it full now circle. Now that I'm thinking about it, Sasha could do like an Eddie Murphy where he wears a fat suit. Not he's a slender man. Slender so, man. So to get to to Vladi level and size, we can we can pack some pounds on him, and I I think that could work. The more and more I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So that's. Uh, now you heard my first pitch, and now people are like, "Oh, well, I don't know what this guy's talking about." So maybe I just ruined the podcast. But I feel like it was strong. I feel like you it came started, out swinging. I feel like I threw a haymaker. We'll I let may the have taken decide. one on the chin, but I'm still standing. All right, Sarah. So we had Robbie's pitch. Yeah. Sarah, what is that your is, current event pitch? That is a, a tough one to follow up, Robbie. But hear me out. So your yours is is quite current. Mine is fairly current in that it happened. Within the last couple weeks, plus 32 years ago. So, uh, <laughs> Give or take, like, three decades. Before any of us were born. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I'm, like, counting on my hands how old I am. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. So, all right, you guys. Obviously, Harry Potter, insanely popular. Millions, billions of dollars to anything involving wizards and dragons and trickeration. What I feel like I you said that condescendingly. You. A little no? bit. There was a little... No. I'm just, no, I'm just saying millions and billions, like, I'm just priming the people that I'm going to be making that money, you probably want to vote for me. So, what if I told you that Bobby Knight's infamous chair throw, which was exactly 32 years ago on February 23rd, what if that were stemmed from a display of exceptional mental focus and wizardry? rather than a bout of rage, okay? So this movie that I want to make, it's a coming-of-age story about a young boy who just wanted to do magic. So we're going back to night. I'm just picturing Bobby to do magic. He just wanted to do magic. But he's, like, so angry that he can't figure it out. No, like, he's just the most he, angry magician ever. He is misunderstood. That's what he is. So we're going to go back to his childhood, to when he first became interested in, in wizardry. And we watch him progress from there. Then finally, at 45 years old in 1985, Bobby Knight makes his dream come true. Everybody likes the underdog story, the, you know, the comeback story. So in 1985, his dream comes true while he is coaching against Purdue, uh, via the Wingardium Leviosa deal when he makes See, the, I feel like that was condescending back. again. I feel like you dig in the Harry Potter crowd. Why Why are you all up on my business? I'm just trying to pitch my movie. <laughs> oh, Where's the competition, Sarah? Listen to my cast list, okay? Bobby Knight, via 1985, played by Richard Gere. Think about the hair. If you go back and look at 1985 Bobby Knight, they have the same hair. It looks fabulous. Okay. Young, young Bobby Knight is played by the little boy from Love Actually. The chair is played by Vern Troyer's stunt double. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is where we the take a turn. The wizard teacher is played by Mike Leach, because you know Mike Leach oh. could be like oh. a wizard. But is he also guy. a pirate? No, no, he's just a wizard. We okay. don't dabble he, in pirates. He grew into piracy. <laughs> yeah, he grew into piracy. <laughs> downloaded a bunch of illegal music. And then... Lastly, he is the Napster. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, Mike Leach was the end of Napster? That's a, what a bummer. <laughs> Lastly, sophomore, sophomore point guard Steve Alford 
is played by Jim Carrey in the shortest shorts. You know he'd wear him, so. Oh, yeah, which is part of why we're casting him. But they actually look pretty similar. They've got similar salad, um, kind of similar bone structure. So that's my pitch, even though Robbie is just trying to dog it the entire time. Um, I think <laughs> hey, people are I'm just saying that. I'm a nerd, and I'm a huge fan of anything involving wizards, dragons, etc., white walkers, you name it. So <laughs> I'm just trying to stand up for my kind. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I was never dogging your kind. <laughs> quick, quick question, Sarah. Yes. So, how how does this movie start, and how far past the chair throw do we go? I would say the chair throw is the climax of the film. Okay. Uh, there will be obviously the celebration scene, but that really is kind of, of near the end um, because really, where do you go from there? Uh, that's like pinnacle, Bobby Knight um, as a wizard. So. That's that's where it ends in my head, though, of course, I take recommendations from you, Jordan, not you, Robbie. <laughs> oh, no, I, th- this is your p- I'm just trying to understand. Do you have a title for this? You know what? No, I wanted to put that out um, to the masses who are listening right now, because I, I was trying to do a pun, some wordplay off of Wingardium Leviosa, something involving either like Assembly Hall or Indiana or chair, but. Th- those words are kind of tough to squeeze into that phrase. So I was hoping that the people could help me out with the best possible name. The only and thing course, I can, if, sorry, good. first suggestion, you, Knight of the Wizard, but spelled with a K. Well, gosh, you were so much better at me than that. Wow, that was better. Mine was going to be, who's your wizard daddy? <laughs> <laughs> who's <laughs> your wizard daddy starring Richard Gere? If you don't see that movie, there's something wrong with you. Then a Dementor took the soul right out of your body. <laughs> if you don't like the name Who's Your Wizard Daddy, then you're a Dementor. <laughs> well, we've got off the rails. All right. Well, there we go. We have Boogie Cousins. We have Bob Knight. My pitch. You know, can I, you know hold on. Before we get into your pitch, can I just say I wish I felt more supported right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking to understand. That's all. I don't think that's true. I, this is I a competition, Sarah. Me. I think you guys are teaming up against me. I, I disagree. Okay, right. well, let's get to the best pitch, mine. Really? So, as we know, early February, every single year, late January, early February, we have the Super Bowl. Do we? Is that when that is? Yes. Did I miss it this year? Yes. I missed it. Duped again, baby. <laughs> okay, so here's what... My, my initial thought for this Super Bowl thing was going to be a disaster movie because that's what it was for the Falcons. A disaster movie a la San Andreas. I was, my first question was going to be, is the rock in it? But then I had a better idea. Mm. That was, that's the, that can be the preview, the, the hype. So as we've seen over recent years, there have been events in history that have become movies and More frequently, the time between the event and the movie is getting shorter and shorter. And most of these movies star Mark Wahlberg. Oh, wow. That's very true. Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, Patriot's Day. Saw Patriot's Day recently. Phenomenal. Very good. Haven't seen it. Want to. Very good. But Mark Mark does good work, but this is kind of the, the genre he's found. So why not have him be the center of one that he was a part of, which was the Super Bowl? The New England Patriots had one of 
if not the best, one of the best comebacks ever in NFL history. And Mark Wahlberg wasn't there. He had to leave early when they were down 28-12. to 12. Did he have to leave or did he leave on his own accord? He, he left because his youngest child was sick. So, not sure what, what the <laughs> See official, where his priorities lie with his kids. Sure. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> fine, Mark Wahlberg. Bandwagon fan. <laughs> Anywho, so, my pitch. 28-12, start of the movie. Mark Wahlberg taking his sick child out of, what is it, NRG Stadium? That is played by Gaten Matarazzo, the curly-headed fellow from Stranger Things. Wait, what, what part was this again? The, the child. He's adorable. He really is. Ratings booster right off the bat. So they are walking out of the stadium. He's not feeling well. They have to get him to the hotel. Is it still a disaster movie or is it not a disaster movie? In a way. It's a thriller. Ooh. So they hop, they hop in a, a Lyft, an Uber, a town car. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? Driven by Dwayne Johnson. So yes, you were correct oh. off off the get go. The Rock. <laughs> yeah, all, is now in you this sold movie. me. So it's definitely a town car. If the Rock is driving, you know he is not an Uber driver. Maybe like a well Uber XL. Maybe I don't know. Jaw rules an Uber driver. In, 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 that, in the foot in the Footlocker co- commercial that came out a few weeks ago, Jaw Rule was an Uber driver. Well, Jaw Rule. Can so, okay, are you putting Jaw Rule and the Rock on the same level though? Let's be real. They they could be. If he didn't disappear. Anywho, okay, I digress. I digress. So, start the movie. They're driving off. Then all of a sudden, they start hearing this comeback. Who's leading the comeback? It's Tom Brady, played by Boston boy Matt Damon. Yeah, it is. Or it could you, be Ben Affleck. They're really interchangeable. You, you kinda, They're the same person. But you get the, like, Elysium haircut that he had. That looks pretty Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, actually, that's pretty and he true, can, yeah. Lately, Ben's, or, uh, yeah, Ben's been kind of the bigger, beefier Batman. Mm-hmm. We've seen Matt Damon can slim down to a more lankier pocket passer. It's true. So that that's who's leading the call. Leading him is Bill Belichick. Oh, I'm excited for this. We put a little hair dye in Brian Cranston. Yeah, you do. And we make him a, <laughs> a crotchety old man. You, If you saw him in Trumbo... He plays that kind of grumpy guy pretty Underrated well. Movie. Yeah, towards the end of the movie, he's kind of a grouch. Yeah. I think that's perfect, and he can channel his inner Heisenberg. Belichick is the one that knocks. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I'm not sure who answers for the uh, the sweatshirt. but um, And then one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history, Julian Edelman. Who's played by him? Who can grow a good beard in Hollywood? Tom Hardy. Wow, yeah. He's already got the haircut. Mm-hmm. You get He's similarly built. Give him the beard. Boom. On the other end of this, you have Matt Ryan, who's very good quarterback, kind of a vanilla dude, though. Yeah, I Wholesome, would say. Wholesome, but you, don't, you, you really don't know much about his personality. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Evans played Captain America. He was Mr. Wholesome. Yeah. Mr. Straight-laced. So anyway, all of this is going on. Mark Wahlberg realized what's what's happening. The Rock turns into Hobbs from the various Fast and Furious films that he's in. <laughs> Fast Flipsy, and Furious 27. Yes, he flips he flips around, which is very tough in Houston because their highways are a series of just bigger and bigger circles. <laughs> so they have to navigate. They have a labyrinth and, of highways. And, and kind of like 24, how you have like the clock ticking and then you have like 
one picture over here of what's going on in the game. Then you have Hobbs driving with Mark Wahlberg trying to get back to the game. And the kid from Stranger Things. And, He's still and there. And the kid from Stranger Things. He's the, the catalyst for all of yeah. this. So you'll have the game playing. And then the notable part where they're trying to make up ground is the halftime show. Halftime show is pretty long. Who is playing the halftime show? Miss Lady Gaga. She just plays herself, though, right? Yes, potentially. Or, or Aubrey Plaza. Why? Get some blonde hair. Because <laughs> she's, she's... Can you uh, picture I hear Aubrey, what you're saying, but also why? Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza kicks off the uh, Super Bowl show where she does the little like jump thing she's with the harness. She's not jumping off a roof. Aubrey Plaza's not fake Aubrey Plaza could do that. She is... April is a weird enough character. I feel like her and Lady Gaga would get along and exemplify each other very good. I didn't want to go... We already have one person playing himself. Who's playing himself again? Marky Mark. Oh, he's just himself? Yeah. Just... Yeah, he's he's the okay, center of it. Cool. He knows it best. That's true. He does live it. Yeah. And who directs this? Peter Berg. He's done Friday Night Lights. Mm. He's worked with Marky Mark before in Lone Survivor and multiple other movies. I believe uh, Deepwater Horizon and I think Patriot's Day, they work together. Okay, yeah, yeah. So dynamic duo. Yeah. He knows how to shoot football. I think that I, this yeah. is what it's going to be. But what – okay, so do they – I guess I'm confused in that they turn around – they turn so, around, and then it's the thriller but do of they, do trying they, to beat the clock. But do they, one, do they make it back? Two, is the real story in this is Mark Wahlberg's kind of a crappy dad because when they realized they were coming back, he's basically told the Stranger Things kid, I know you're sick, but join the Rock Johnson's well, turning in, this car around on real, this labyrinth of highways. Let the record show in real life so Marky Mark doesn't beat me up because I know he's a, a avid listener. Yeah. Very big. I was just talking to him before we got on. Big time listener. Marky Mark. Marky Mark said, you know what? Family first. Let's get this kid some electrolytes. Let's get them hydrated. I don't know what sickness they had, but electrolytes never hurt. No. Any, I feel like any time you've ever gone to the doctor, they just say fluids. Yeah. So drink I mean, a lot. the thing is if he were really taking care of his kid, kid wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl in the first place. Oh, you don't know. He could have eaten a bad that Houston take, dog. That take, first of all, what is a Houston dog? I, I'm just assuming Houston has a dog. <laughs> dogs? I don't know. Dogs. Chicago's only state that I know that has a dog. I'm it up right now. What's oh, this? Don't worry. I said it sounds terrible. I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> oh, I'm just getting adopt a pet ad. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Sarah's gone for the rest uh, of the Houston, afternoon. Houston dogs are adorable. Why would people eat these? Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't eat the Houston. Dogs. <laughs> okay, nachos. They, Tex Mex. They had some Tex Mex. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, well that's a bad Tex Mex. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know what they say? You don't go to Houston and not get bad Tex Mex. So. <laughs> You know, that's the unofficial city motto. Yeah. Yeah. It is. That and good luck driving on a labyrinth of highways <laughs> that are just series circles. of larger circles. Yes. Parliament. Big Ben. That's a vacation starring, reference. Starring David Bowie. Uh, R.I.P. Okay. Anywho. No, okay. I dig it. But so, but you can't tell us, I guess, if they make it back because then that would ruin. Yeah. We don't mean. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's based Although on a true I story, did. so he... Yeah. I have a question about Sarah's, by the way, because uh, no, my mind is just continuing Call to digress. Back. Where is... I'm trying to figure out where the wizarding and the chair throwing, where where does the connection come? Like, what, what was he, does he just get so angry he can't do magic he throws the chair? Well, that's the, no, that's the thing, is he's not actually throwing the chair. That he's is magicking his, his chair. wizarding, his Wingardium Leviosa deal. That's what that actually is. We thought 
it was throwing. But when you go oh. and learn the actual backstory, that's what you you realize that that's actually what this was. That's some and like what, Neil deGrasse Tyson widely, stuff. Yeah. yeah. What what we regard as a very uh, volatile, explosive, bad moment for his life and his career was actually the peak for him. We just didn't understand. M. Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, let, let's get back to my pitch, Robbie. Why? Let's <laughs> put this back on the Oh, yeah. List. I guess I did Jordan do that. Yeah. your pitch, Jordan. I don't know how My title. My title. Can I guess? No, what? I don't know. No, because it's not going to be appropriate. Patriots Day. But. But they already have that. Patriots with an apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> It was the Patriots Day. It was the day of Patriots. (laughs) Actually, now that I'm talking, I think that that might actually be the actual title of the real movie. I think it is. It's like, and it would have to be an apostrophe after the S, FYI. So yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Jordan, that's what I meant. You know, learn grammar much, bro? You you know, you didn't see me write it. You you saw me say it. Patriots is it is actually day. no actually no the original one does not have an apostrophe so yes it, i'll add an apostrophe and it will be appropriately placed sarah okay you know what okay first of all drop the sass secondly i really need to talk to you about this lady gaga being replaced by aubrey plaza oh. i don't think she's up for the role how dare you um <laughs> I, I think she is. I think that if there's anyone out of the box in Hollywood right now, it's Aubrey Plaza. And she. Does she have the chutz, the chutzpah that it, that is. Well, well, one more time? Play Lady Gaga. You heard me. Did you mean to say chutzpah? Yes. <laughs> yes, she did. You said it like chuckbox. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Oh, great. Now I, now I want a hamburger. So thank you very much. <laughs> she, do you really think she has that? presence listen i think i think lady gaga could do it no one could do gaga better than she can we know that she can act because she's in american horror story that's right never seen it but i I haven't either but i know i I like i like scary things yeah i believe she uh won some sort of emmy or academy award or something for that yes i'm not saying okay how about this lady gaga has a cameo but as someone else no see now we're getting like too inception-y that's that's just being cutesy for the sake of being cutesy. Yeah, I'm trying like to it. I'm trying to work with you guys. I don't like it. Are you? I am. I don't think uh, he is. I don't know if he is. Yeah. Well, this is fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so I, I know how I feel. All right, so <laughs> see, Sarah, you know the uh, animosity makes rounds. Okay, so oh that wraps up our current event pitches. Go ahead and tweet at us who your favorite pitch was. We have Robbie Baker, Boogie Cousins, we have Sarah Cazell, Wizard Bobby Knight, and we have Jordan Ham, Mark Wahlberg's race to get back to the Super Bowl. Called Patriots Day. Called but like Patri- not the Patriots Day you know, more like the Patriots Day with proper grammar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like if I if you if you didn't tell me You're which, welcome, which one was which, uh, I would just go see the one with proper grammar. Because, you know, I respect the game. Don't reward the dummies. This is a thinking man's movie. And thinking woman's movie. Really, it's for thinking people. It doesn't discriminate unless it's stupid people. Okay, so we're now going to move on to the review portion. Yes. So we've all come in, have consumed some content, have reviewed it. And boy, we are all over the place with this. Yes. And the only rule that we were given by me, but collectively we were given it, (laughs) 
is I made it. it. Be I made the role. You all got it. It was for me. To know he was in charge. He's like, I king of the castle. That was a castle. Yeah, that was Jordan's subtle way of being like, I created this. I make all the rules. Everyone did what I said. Wink. All right. So the only rule was it had to be a different medium of pop culture. So movie, documentary, uh, TV show. We have a podcast in here, that sort of thing. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your review? Sure. So I rewatched uh, an episode of The Office from season one, episode five, in which they play basketball. And I'll just, before I dive into that, I'll say that even though I am on a pop culture podcast, I am like crazy behind on pop culture. I'm actually watching The Office right now for the first time ever. What? I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm breaking hearts out there and it's, I'm fixing it. That's all that counts, right? So. She's the first time viewer of the podcast. Yeah. Which brings a good perspective. It is. Yeah. Yeah, You need that. Yeah. I realized I wasn't talking to the mic when I said that. (laughs) I watched episode five of season one in which uh, the, the men and women of Dunder Mifflin play basketball in a friendly competition. I guess it's an annual thing and it's the stakes are whoever loses, uh, works that Saturday. So it's not, it's not directly a sports pop culture thing at all, but it is just a widely popular TV show that also touches sports in this scenario. So, um, the first thing that struck me is it was very clearly, uh, several years old i believe it was 2005 when that was made um if you look at the hair just go back and look at the hair from all the characters of talk about salad oh jim jim halpert looks like an eighth grader with that haircut correct and uh i just wanted him to be in like a hoodie and just like have a backpack that's way too big for him michael scott just great lettuce that is just, and that was the, the comb backed over like oh that was the greasy hair season yeah, yeah it was and it, what a season it was yeah uh they're fight you know roy and and jim are fighting for pam's love and jim goes off um in that game he and roy are very clearly battling each other not just for the right to not work that Saturday, not just to win that game, but to win Pam's heart. But for love. And you can really see in Pam's eyes that that Jim is starting to make inroads, even though she's been engaged to this other fool for like three years. Because he's so, good at rec basketball in the warehouse. Yeah. With the boys. Um, what I feel was missing is there were no athlete cameos. If they really wanted to, uh, to up the star factor, they should have gotten somebody from the 76ers to make an appearance and just slam slam jam thank you ma'am but they didn't do that there was no real um surprise factor in that episode and so i feel like that was the only missed opportunity well i feel like i'm a haircut i feel like if this was a season four episode it would be a very different episode a the overall sh- production quality would be higher. B, you'd have Andy Bernard, who has an anger problem. Oh, yes. So right. get Ed Helms in here, and he'll just mess things very, up. Yeah, thank you very much. Just make sure the he's... The tuna! <laughs> yes, so many tuna references. So many! That would be oh. amazing. You have Dr. J come in. He's the fish that saves Philadelphia. If you also have here, the tuna. Uh, this is just... Oh, making connections. Anyway, um... Uh, I think if it's later in that series, yes, you absolutely have that cameo. 
the few things that I uh, wrote down as I was uh, partaking, and this was tough. When Jordan said I had to watch The Office, I really fought it because, you know, it's tough to do. It's really tough. No, it's one of my favorite shows. Um, the uh, theme, when that comes on, other than How I Met Your Mother, and I'm biased because How I Met Your Mother is mm-hmm. probably my second favorite sitcom of all time uh, behind Seinfeld. One of the best themes. When that office theme comes on, fantastic. Also, Dwight wearing the 2005 Rip Hamilton mask. Oh, it's great. How great is that? <laughs> Why <laughs> people? In, in, <laughs> if you're struggling shooting in the NBA, guys should just wear that. Just wear it to just get it, you know, change something up. I mean, Rip Hamilton wore it, and he was money. An underrated portion of that is when Dwight <laughs> thinks they're going shirts versus skins. Yeah, he just takes his shirt off. Everyone's like, no. <laughs> he just does it. Yeah. And... uh I also thought uh, it was disturbing watching because I was watching – Michael Scott's me. If I was playing basketball, I was basically watching myself in a mirror, and it's not good. It's yeah. That's about me on a basketball. You're I, hucking it from half oh, I, when he What sh- is wrong with me today? When he shoots the free throw and he just shoots it over the hoop, <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, wow, I've, well, I'm not going to admit I've done that, but I've done that. Uh, and then at the end, Kevin gets buckets. Yeah. No one talks about Kevin getting buckets. He's making it rain. So I, re- Kevin! I read an I read an article about that, and it turns out that the actor that plays Kevin has a basketball hoop in his front yard, and I guess he can hit like close to a hundred shots at a time. Of course, just, Kevin just, gets buckets, man. So great. Kevin even said that in, in when they were picking teams, he said, "I have a hoop in my backyard." So that's kind of that's kind of funny, right oh, there. Oh, there yeah. you go. So, all right, okay, I, Robbie, real quick back to you saying that you saw yourself in Michael Scott, did you also wear those like full and one basketball? Like, I had the, suit? I don't know uh, why I remember this so vividly. Uh, remember like in like, was it like mid, like sixth grade, like middle school. That's when like shoes became kind of like, like basketball sneakers. I don't know. Is that maybe it's just me? Maybe that was probably just you. Thing. Probably. Okay. Well, I think then, basketball sneakers have been a thing for a while. Well, I know, but like, like, okay. Like if you're playing on like, you know, I don't know. When you're like really young, you don't really care. Right. But there's a point in time where you're like, you want to have cool shoes. You want to have, yeah. Okay. You right? want to have your indoor shoes those, and your right? out, outdoor okay. shoes. Exa- yeah. You want to have hiking shoes. You got to have, no, I'm, I'm just kidding about that. But, uh, the <laughs> first, Lunking shoes. You, need, <laughs> you need water shoes in case you're going kayaking. Um, because <laughs> you need a lot of people go kayaking in the desert. Um, the first pair of shoes I had that I remember thinking, oh, hell yeah, these are sweet shoes. Allen Iverson shoes. I don't remember anything about them. But I remember they were like Allen Iverson basketball shoes. And I remember I'm like, I'm going to wear these. I'm going to get chicks. Like, this is sweet. Fast forward like 15 years, I'm still alone and single. So I, and I still wear the shoes. So that's, no, I don't wear the shoes anymore. But I probably haven't grown since middle school. So they probably still fit. But, uh, but yeah, so answer your question. Yeah, that's pretty much my outfit. Way baggy shorts, uh, basketball shoes from eighth grade. And I would wear, I would add a headband though. I feel like, because the headband, uh, it adds an intimidation factor. Because, oh, I, you know, I work so hard, I sweat so much, I need to keep it out of my eyes. I need to be able to yeah. see. I think the, the one missed opportunity with Michael's outfit is that his and one uni was not baby blue. That would have just been That would have, yeah. That, that would have helped. Been like yeah. a, that, like that a, certainly a Jada kiss touch. Made a bucket or two. So question for you two. Let's say that Ice Cube calls you and says, hey, this new NBA three-on-three tournament that I'm making, you guys are in it. Yeah, and you have to add. No, nope, I wouldn't even let. Me, I'm just gonna say yes. You have to add. <laughs> to, to stop talking. I already agreed. Ice I'm, Cube. I'm, I, Ice Cube. I'm already coming. Take my money. <laughs> so you have to bring two office characters along with you. 
Oh, Ed Helms and uh, Rashida Jones. Well, well, no, no. Done. Let me finish. Bro, you gotta chill for let, I let just got excited. I just thought of the idea of doing that, and I just got really excited. Two office characters who participated in the game. Oh. Well, okay. you're, you're in it to win it. Who are you taking? I'm taking uh, Kevin, and then I just lost her name. What's the... Uh, Phyllis? Phyllis. Phyllis and Kevin. Phyllis didn't play, though. Yeah, she did. She she did for she, she came made, in she made one she basket. came in and sunk a just a deep shot no I'd actually take Kevin and Dwight because I want the Rip Hamilton mask Dwight has that hustle factor like he okay. might yep. not be good for much else but he will check whoever is playing against him He's, who, who he is be your the PJ Tucker of the squad <laughs> Sarah who who are your two uh. I would probably say Jim and Dwight because Jim clearly had some shooting capability. Good wingspan, tall guy. Dwight is the guy who will just come around and, and as I said earlier, check his defender into the floor. So See, I'm, I'm trying to Russell Westbrook this where I don't need to surround myself with the best talent. But you already said you can't hit but a free throw. Exactly. You just said Me? No, I know. Down. But I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to build a super team. No, I'm just kidding. I Everyone's am. trying to build a super team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think Dwight. Dwight are my super team members. <laughs> but wouldn't that, what about team chemistry? You know that they would go after each other at some point. You know what? I think that's fine, having teammates jaw at each other. Uh, but if it's all for the um, the good of winning, they're getting mad at each other, not because of each other, but because they, they want to build each other up towards a win. I think that's fine. Or Jim puts Dwight's Rip Hamilton mask in Jello. <laughs> I mean, either or. Before or afterwards. Let, let's be real. I agree with you guys for Dwight Howard. You need... Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard. If he's Dwight eligible Howard. in the draft pool, I'm taking him. Already Basketball on the brain. Okay. So he had you some need bad Tex-Mex. He couldn't make the, it. These championship teams, every now and then, you need a Draymond Green. You need someone well, that's going to do the... Dwight. He's oh, gonna, we agree he's on gonna that. Do the, he's going to do the dirty work. That's totally he is. right. So, so you get that. And you know if you have to go shirts, he's in. Or skin. <laughs> yes, not skin. Yes. You know, skin. He's, yeah. he's flexible. Um, <laughs> the problem with Jim, I feel like, is he's going to be too consumed with trying to impress Pam. Mm-hmm. Well, that's assuming that Pam is there and or paying attention. Well, well, well spoilers. So, so if if she's not, you don't know how driven he's going to be. I think that drove most talented. of talented. He is talented, but I don't. I don't know if he has that championship drive. I'm going to go with Daryl. Oh, Daryl. had some some nice shots in that. And he, Craig Robinson would subsequently be able to write to a good victory song. That so is, that's that a is win, true. win, that is win true. situation. He'd bring his recorder with him. All right, so we have the office all wrapped up in a nice bow. Robbie, what mm-hmm. did you review? So I went. Uh, I'll preface this by saying Real Sports on HBO, probably my favorite sports program as far as like sports journalism uh, goes. I could watch it, you know, I can't get enough of it. Uh, and so this uh, past episode in January they did, they had a um, feature on John Urschel. He is a offensive lineman for your Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and he's also a mathematical genius. The whole part of the story was that he didn't like to be called a genius, but let's you know let's call a spade a spade. The guy's a genius. Um, yep. And so, first thing that really stuck out to me watching this, and this is the same with real sports stuff all the time. The writing is just phenomenal. I mean, as, as a broadcast journalist myself, I would like to be able to come up with writing like this someday. Uh, I mean, one of the first lines in the story was talking about you know him on the field, him on the field, and then they, as they transition to math by saying like a blindside hit, the math breaks out. 
That's a great line. It, it's football, and it transitions perfectly. And they toss to it. Uh, Brian Gumble tossed to the piece saying uh, that it was time to find the sum of the man. That's oh, it's a great oh, line. That is it, so it good. It gives you goosebumps. It's so good. Uh, and then I, some other notes I wrote down. Uh, one of the things that Herschel was describing that he uh, authored a paper on was the space-time uh, multi-grid method for numerical, and then I put an ellipsis this time, but that time it, I meant it because I, I couldn't understand what he was saying anymore. Um, but listen to this guy talk was just unbelievable. He's like a renaissance man. I mean, he, he, he has a, a theorem. He created a math theorem. John Urschel did. Uh, so he, you know, he's an offensive lineman. He's protecting, uh, Joe Flacco and he also is, uh, this mathematical genius. He made some math jokes throughout the piece that were just the worst, but also subsequently became the best. I didn't know what he was joking about, but he thought it was hilarious. I have one of those handy. Please. Why did the topologist marriage fail? <laughs> I was early. I was early. I'm sorry. Say it again. Why did the topologist marriage fail? Sarah, do you know why? Um, I forgot the answer. Something about open options. Something like that. Because he thought the arbitrary unions were open. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what that I'm means. I'm laughing so I don't feel stupid. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just laughing so I don't yes, feel better about guys. myself. So smart. Uh, two other things that stuck out to me, though. Uh, this uh, this is just kind of like a line, but then well, when they said it, I was like, okay, this is a movie. Uh, his mom actually was a nurse when he was growing up, but to make sure John had a better life, she put herself through law school and became a lawyer. <laughs> what? What? That is that is it's crazy, and that in and of itself is is a story. And then the last thing that I wanted to t- uh, end on because I figured this was a talking point, uh, and this was kind of what I was thinking about as the piece was going on, is the whole concussion issue. He's an offensive lineman, and at the end of the piece, they uh, talked about how he had a concussion. He was knocked unconscious, actually. Uh, I believe it was a season or two seasons ago, and he said that he was unconscious, and when he came to, and he actually had for a few weeks... He, the way he described it was he had trouble visualizing high-level math uh, because of the concussion. But and they obviously, you know, they asked him, and the, I think it was Bernard Goldman, uh, I believe, is who did the the reporting, uh, was asking, uh, you know, is it worth it? You know, for you, you know, you have to go through, uh, you know, to damage your brain. And his brain is arguably, I mean, yeah, he's a great football player, but come on, this guy is a math genius. His brain is is the most important thing, in my opinion, to him. Uh, and John's answer was very blunt. He basically said, look, I love playing football and I love math, so I'm, I'm going to do both. And he basically said the risk to him of playing football was still worth it, even though it could potentially damage this uh, promising math career he has. Uh, he's up for his – well, the story uh, said he's up for his Ph.D. Uh, in mathematics, and his goal, I guess, the next step would be after uh, football would be to be a math – professor a math theorizer if you will so but I, I was just that struck me though that he john basically said you know i understand the risk of concussions he's been through it he had multiple weeks where he couldn't even do the math that he he was talking about how frustrated it was that he knew he could do it but he couldn't do it because his brain wouldn't compute it uh and that he still wants to play football and that's crazy because we hear all about the concussion protocol and 
Basically, that's in place to get guys healthy enough to get back on the field. Yeah. But you, you don't yeah. think about the next level thinking, and I'm sure for him, next, 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 next level thinking. Yeah, when you're the concussion protocol, you think, oh, you know, that guy got hit hard. Yeah. Maybe he's got to remember the snap count, or he's got to, you know, make sure, you know, oh, he's going to have to remember the playbook or memorize that. Right. This guy is, he's not even doing math with numbers you anymore. You want to make sure it's, your brain's, like, basically back to zero. Yeah, like back exactly. in the black, and it's... He's up at 15. I also thought it was funny in the piece that Joe Flacco said, uh, joke that sometimes he gets the snap count wrong. <laughs> that was yeah, that such was a funny joke. <laughs> it was like, oh, he can't, he can't count the three, but he can come, he can compute the square, sigma, pi, kappa. I'm just going to keep saying Greek letters until I get math things. <laughs> I, I'm sure. So. <laughs> You'll hit eventually. Yeah. All right. That, well, that was a great piece uh, by HBO Sports. They do a good job there. Um, the thing I'm going to be reviewing is an episode of the Jonah Carey podcast. Old one. And, uh, yeah, it's it's from a while ago. An oldie but a goodie. Jonah Carey, uh, baseball writer, long time for ESPN and Grantland, now with CBS Sports. Do you review a podcast on a podcast? Does that open like a wormhole? Let's have someone review ours, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man. I that, wow. So Jonah Carey, where, how I was first introduced to him in a podcast format was on the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick. Great podcast. And it's a, it is a great Shout podcast. Shout out to the Nerdist podcast. Chris Hardwick admits he knows zero about sports. His dad was a professional bowler. His mom is a hardcore sports fan. Was his dad really? He, yep. I didn't know he that. He grew up in uh, like the Louisville area, like touring up and down the country with his father. Nope. Wow, I yes. had no idea. But knows zero about sports, but Jonah was able to come on multiple times with him and have a conversation about sports, about life, everything. One of the most entertaining guests that they had. And then the Nerdist Network came back. They wanted to expand the sports. They gave Jonah Carey a podcast. So I really like what he does. Uh, he's had plenty on his podcast. He has He's a baseball guy, so he has plenty of sports, plenty of baseball, but he also has Ron Funches, uh, Keith Olbermann, um, where they talk both politics and sports. Uh, Michael Cherneau, who is a restauranteur, I I can say that, in New York. Uh, If you ever hear about the meatball restaurant in New York, that's Michael Cherneau's. Tell me more about this meatball restaurant. we will talk after. Um, Because I will not stop talking. (laughs) I was going to say, this has become a six-hour podcast. On this particular episode, he he is interviewing Bill Walton. And first things talk first, six hour podcast. talk about, yes, very long podcast. <laughs> hey, it was like an hour and 45. Yeah. Actually, I think it was like closer to an hour, like hour and change. Was it really? Yeah. They, they got it moving. Time flies but and you'll do a good podcast. First things first, I just want to get both of your opinions on Bill Walton because I know he is a, a polarizing person. Robbie, we'll start with you. As we discussed in our pre-show meeting at the Red Robin, unofficial sponsor of the podcast, <laughs> shout out to the <laughs> chicken tender salad. Uh, I, we were talking about this and I, I love watching Bill Walton for two things. One, I love seeing how he and Dave Pash, Dave Pash has to try to broadcast a game with him. Uh, that's always entertaining to me. And I just love him. It's just entertaining. I mean, I watch a game and I could care less what the game is because Bill Walton's calling it. I remember ASU was getting demolished by U of A earlier this year and Bill Walton's talking about the sunset crater up north and this ball of fire came down and wiped out humanity and like all this but it's just so entertaining um but so i didn't really know much about him going into this other than he's kind of a goofy guy but then after listening to him talk on this podcast he i wanted to like give the guy a hug and also go to red robin and have lunch with him like (laughs) no but like he's the most entertaining guy and i think the thing that i didn't know about him is he's he's very smart 
I, I you know just kind of people and the joke about him is you know he smokes a lot and he's high and he's you know kind of he's kind of out there and that all may be true about him but he's he's so smart he reads so much and he's he gives back so much to him talking about his bike and how important his bike was to him but how important it is for him to ride his bike so that he can give back to athletes with disabilities and all that and uh the authors that he said he was friends with and how they, you know, requested, uh, they would make like a book club and they would read books and review books and stuff like that. It was, honestly, after listening to this, he's like, he's one of the most fascinating people. If I could have five minutes to talk with him, I would, I would, I would be fine. Like that would, I would, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> five, five minutes, I would give anything. That's where you go. I would give anything to have five minutes to talk with Bill Walton. Uh, cause he's just fascinating. Can I blow your mind for a minute, Robbie? Blow it. Buckle up. I had like a full day to talk with Bill Walton. Back Get out of here. True. True story. Jordan, uh, uh, give us five. Because Jordan's cleaning up brain pieces off the table because my head exploded. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You'll, you'll take care of that later. But yeah, uh, I was lucky enough when I worked at the Pac-12 Networks. Uh, I think it was in the first year that the network had launched um bill walton did a bus tour around all of the pac-12 schools i don't know if you remember that did you get to ride the bus with bill walton i did get to ride the bus oh get out of here yeah i got to follow him for a full day and we rode from oregon to oregon state and got to talk with him for i think that was like an hour drive but you know it was just following him around the whole day and watching him address the oregon students in the morning and the oregon state students in the afternoon and just the conference of champions. Yes, exactly. It was a, uh, it, like you said, he is a ridiculously smart guy, and of course he um, gets a lot of a lot of slack for the way he calls games or doesn't call games. If you ask Dave Pash, uh, but I mean, he knows. First of all, he knows the, like what he's doing there. He knows it's kind of a bit of an act, but he um, he actually is a very compassionate, kind man who has a great sense of humor and. Um, it was awesome to get to chat with him and I got to write about, you know, his, his reflections on life and he was sharing advice with the students that day. So I asked him what his advice was and can I, you know, package it neatly and give me five points. And it was, uh, it was, it was a really special day and probably one of the cooler days of, of my young career so far. To reference Dave Pash, actually Brad Sesmat, Sports 360 AZ, does the Arizona media podcast where he interviews various media members from the state of Arizona. He had Dave Pash on just this week, and part of it was talking about Bill Walton and what their relationship is like when they do a broadcast together. And he said that no one preps more than Bill Walton because what he covers is so versatile, not only in when he's doing analysis, but a lot of times he's going and talking to various uh, you know, academic portions of the school that are unique to that particular school or going to, um, you know, in the case of Arizona, he was down there a few weeks ago. He wanted to prep a bunch to talk to the interim AD and that sort of thing. So he's a, he said he's a guy that he wants to save everything for the broadcast. So they only say about hello before the game. And then both of them are in prep mode. He doesn't talk to him in, in breaks because he wants to save all the goodness for that broadcast. And then afterwards, they're they're fine and they're talking all the time, but he's just so focused that he doesn't really have time to talk. Um, I think some of the big critics of Bill Walton are the people who are the diehard Pac-12 fans, the, the Oregon fans, the Arizona, the UCLA. And when it's a 63 to 60 game, they don't want to hear about Montezuma. They want to focus on Dave Pash's call. So I think that a podcast is the perfect format for Bill Walton because you can just let him roll. 
And that's what Jonah did. He, he, it was certainly was a conversation, but there were times where it would be five or six minutes before Jonah would be even responding to anything. So, uh, a couple highlights that I pulled from this was just from the, he starts and ends the exact same way, just saying, I'm so lucky. And he's talking about, uh, you know, the good things that happened in his career, you know, playing for UCLA and the Blazers and everything like that. And then he had 36 orthopedic surgeries. I honestly didn't know that over the years. The podcast. Yes, he has so many, uh, you know, spine and, and leg issues and, and things like that, um, that he said half of his adult life was in a hospital. And then eventually after a couple these some of these final surgeries he was able to really kind of enjoy life and that's the bill walton that we see today so it makes sense that he is just so over the moon just to be able to call basketball or able to you know really move around that that was the amazing part to me um also luke walton is named after maurice lucas the portland trailblazer <laughs> who was just that's right by all accounts, you didn't guess that just a brawler and <laughs> He, he told a story where the day that Luke was born, Maurice Lucas brought a big picture of Maurice Lucas to give to Luke. Yeah, and did. it basically said, like, hey, life's going to be tough, but, like, basically be this warrior and that sort of thing. And he's just chock full of stories like that. His first uh, paycheck that he got from the NBA, he gave a, a large portion, portion to the San Diego library. Cause his yeah. mom was a librarian. He kept a book and he never returned. And it. he's <laughs> like, well, after appreciation, it's gotta be worth this much now. Yeah, so he gave tons of money to the San Diego library, uh, because of that. And he, it's just an hour full of that. So can't recommend that enough. Um, also the portion he talks about Cortez, his dog. I mean, I'm a oh. huge dog lover. And when he talked about, uh, you know, recently his dog Cortez had passed away, um, and talking about how he became a service dog for, uh, Bill, as Bill was going through all of these uh, surgeries and things like that, it was just uh, a, a very sweet moment. Um, so yeah, can't can't recommend that podcast enough. Uh, that is the Jonah Carey podcast. His guest is Bill Walton. It's from uh, I believe this past summer. Mm-hmm. I think um, it was like June. Ju- yeah, like June or July. So um, keep a lookout for that. Um, so that is going to wrap up our first episode of the wow. Sports Pop Culture Cast, guys. Any final thoughts? You got goosebumps. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is whenever my friends have babies, I'm bringing them a photo of myself. <laughs> just in full. Oh, see, I already have a whole. We have a whole closet in our apartment that are just life-size pictures of me, which is good because I'm only five foot six. It, so you can fit it them. Fits very, a lot. Very compact. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I was ready for that already. So. All right. Well, there you have it. This is the premiere episode of the Sports Pop Culture Cast. Thanks for listening.